Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Right, we got a great show planned today as we bring Craig Most back on here. Craig and Eric Most with the Most Brothers with Most Insurance. Find them online at mostins.com. These guys have been sponsoring the show since day one. And each month or so, they come on and they share something that you and me, normal people, just need to understand about insurance. At the same time, they're always sharing something that's going on in their hearts. And so, Craig, we got this. Uh, because you're an insurance agent, we picked out this verse for you. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 11. And I think that really applies because when I was an insurance agent, you know, I named my insurance agency Full Armor Risk Management Agency. What I love about the fact is that a lot of people think of insurance like, okay, well, I just need this policy to insure my home but what about your cars? Okay, so I need that policy to insure my cars. Really, what an insurance agent does that a normal person wouldn't is an insurance agent looks at all the risks and makes sure that they're covered so that we don't have holes, or if we do have holes or gaps, you know about them. That's the beauty of what you do each and every day, Craig. Most welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It is something that people tend to look at from a transactional, or here's this specific need. I need widget A to take care of issue B. And they go through and approach life much that way. They, they do the same with insurance. And what that happens, what can, the, in that, doing it that way, excuse me, is exactly what you're talking about. It can create gaps. You're not thinking about the what if. What if my child moves out of the house and is away at school? 
how is that individual covered? What happens if I use Facebook online and, and if I like a comment that may be out of character? All of these different things don't have a policy that says, the Facebook, I liked a post that's out of character insurance. It's not there. So no one's going to know to go look for it. You need to have the relationship and talk with your agent to help steer you through those types of scenarios. Well, what we find a lot of people doing, and I speak as a as a licensed insurance agent, but one that hasn't been practicing in about six years, is that most people go to, the, they, they've got policies with an insurance agent. They go to a new one and say, hey, I just want to save some money. Just here's what the last guy did. Just quote this. Absolutely. And there's a lot of problems with that. That's a train wreck. Because what happened if the (laughs) angel... Speaking of train wrecks, did you know that Orlando has this new Sunrail thing? And they've had a train car accident every six weeks since they started it. Well, there's there's a pattern. I mean, you got to sustain that, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, wait, ne- never mind. I just mind. I just I learned that yesterday while I was driving in my car because I drive in my car all the time. I'm sorry. Okay, so train wrecks are it's horrific. A train wreck. it, they can be a huge problem. What happens if the agent you worked with before is only licensed in certain areas and is giving you recommendations that they really shouldn't be giving you? What if they don't have expertise in in other areas? And what if they quoted you incorrectly? And heaven forbid things change in your life. Does your home appreciate, depreciate? Do you have more kids? Do you add a car? Do you have someone move out of the house? All of these different life scenarios, uh, change of an employment, all of those things factor into your insurance. If you just copy what you had before, you may have gigantic holes that are just getting larger. And when you look at that, that's on the personal side, what you were just talking about there. And, and there's a lot of people that I run into, they, they're carrying Florida state minimums on their auto insurance. You're like, holy smokes, that's fine if you have no assets, but you're driving a car that's worth more than what those policies cover. You're When you go to the commercial side, if you do that same thing, just give me an apples to apples comparison. Well, on the commercial side, that is, again, I don't know if it's a train wreck, that's more like a I don't know, a nuclear holocaust. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's catastrophic because what you run into is what What if your business has grown? Or changed. Or changed. You do something a little bit different. Now you start selling your widgets online. Have you thought about how that changes things versus sending them to a store? What if you offer services and you have a different method of providing those services? All of these different things have to be factored in there because you're right, things change. Same time, what if your business has been doing great, but the last year or two you've seen a downturn? You might have similar type of exposure, but you might be paying way too much because it's based on your success you had several years ago. I like that success, based on your success. All right, Craig, I want to step back from the insurance thing for just a second and really talk about how Christ has made a difference. In, because of how Christ made a difference in your life, how is he making an impact on your family? Well, thank you, Jim. It, uh, you know, it has been a very difficult couple of months. Um, been very blessed and fortunate through much of my life without too much adversity, have obstacles, things to overcome, and, and off you go. Um, these last couple of months have been very trying for my family directly, um, and, and it really, it, it's in these instances that uh, it has really helped me reinforce my faith with God. And when, when bad things happen, a lot of people say that they feel closer to God. And, and what's been interesting through this experience uh, is that I actually haven't felt like a giant closer relationship because I feel that I was already there. I Some of the things that I feel should have affected me or, or drastically changed me, I feel didn't impact me as much because I already had my confidence and faith in God. And so I see him working in my life and the life of the family. It's given us great opportunities to have conversations and really teach my children 
the right way that things are and really help them and build their faith in God. Um, so, so what has happened is uh, a couple months back, actually the beginning of August, my, my wife's brother, only brother, passed away, uh, lives in California. He'd been battling cancer, a very uncommon form of cancer, and his battle lasted about a year. Um, 47 years old, left his uh, wife and two daughters, which are the same age of my two daughters, and uh, it didn't have life insurance as well. Um, but really left um, a giant void in their hearts. And I've watched as it has affected my wife, my children, myself, how this has happened. When people pass away, a lot of people mourn differently. They grieve differently. And this is where I feel that God and I have, have got a, a great relationship because instead of being a wreck and, and, and changing things, I was already praying to God for Scott's health and, and for a miracle and for... Um, endurance and guidance for his wife and his family. And, and so I didn't feel the need to all of a sudden make that Hail Mary prayer because that was something I was already doing. And then I also had the comfort knowing that Scott had a tremendous relationship with God. And so he was actually leaving a destroyed body and a painful existence to go to his true kingdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just a visitor here on earth. And, and now he's up with God and, and able to have those firsthand conversations that he was doing through prayer before. And, and that's just so powerful, knowing that it's better for Scott and and how well his family was connected to the church is the belief that his wife has uh, in God and their relationship, not only with their church community, but with God themselves, that this was a better outcome for Scott once his body had, had shown it, it can't continue the fight anymore. But it, but it feels in the short term very, very painful. I mean, you're obviously your sister-in-law is, is struggling. You got, a, you know, a couple of nieces that are struggling and your, your wife struggling. So how do you deal with that when you're praying for a miracle? I mean, I know how I've dealt with it, but when you're praying for a miracle and you, you got an answer to your prayer and sometimes God says yes, and sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says wait, the answer to this one was, no, I'm not going to heal Scott's body. I'm going to take him home. How do you how do you deal with that? Did you feel did you feel like God diced you on your prayer, or how did you deal with how did you deal with that? Now here's the beauty of it. And I've I've been actually reading through Job right now, so I'm you know kind of looking at that whole adversity and and do you, do you blame God or do your prayers not or or is there something you did in your life that you didn't you didn't atone for? Is this why things are happening? No, I don't know why God decided that Scott needs to pass away at age of 47. And I'm not going to question his judgment. He had a reason. I think that that reason is because of the amount of lives that Scott touched and reached out to and made an impact on and then helped educate people, not only on God, but on how to be a role model through this miserable experience of cancer. I mean, how to be there for your family, how to be there for um, everybody else. Absolutely, there's a lot of grief, but I'm not one to question God. Um, he has his reason. Whether he wants to share it with me or not is entirely up to him. I'm just grateful knowing that Scott is better off than he was before. And that's the cool part, because sometimes it is, reading the book of Job, <laughs> that's a nice, light, nice, light, light easy reading. reading. T- tough at 4.30 in the morning, yeah, but I tell you what. It, it is, but what's but it is good to see, because, you know, basically, and, and God says it in several different spots in the, in the Bible, but he's, listen, Job, I got a bigger picture here. You don't have the bigger picture. Right. And your friends really have no idea what the bigger picture is. Right. And, you know, and then he asked Job that series of questions. Did you know that? Did you? What about this? Do you know have any? I mean, he goes through and 
Job's going, no, no, sorry, Father. I, I, I'm out of line. I'm out of line. But it is, it, it's amazing. You know, people say, well, why was I praying if, if God was going to just take him home? Because prayer changes our hearts. Absolutely. I mean, that's the cool part is prayer changes our hearts. And because you prayed for Scott and his wife and his family, you are now closer to them spiritually than you ever would have been before because you've been praying for them that whole time. Absolutely. And especially with them in California. So it made it an additional challenge. So we're here in Florida, they're in California. We'd see them once a year. And it was great talking to them. But but there wasn't that immediate hole in your life when you go home and all of a sudden, you know, they're not there. And so it did help draw us together. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, God God did a lot of awesome things through that process. Scott, as his kidneys were failing, he was able to be discharged from the hospital. The, the doctors were able to give him about a week or two of life, gave us enough time that my wife was able to to take time from work and go spend the last three weeks of his life with him. And, and it mm. was a great opportunity for them to really bond and have some some experience that they, they haven't had in such a long time. And so I think that also helped give an appreciation for, for my wife's standpoint. And then how we work together in that. Um, you know, one of the worst conversations we had to have was then explaining this to our children. Right. And and how does this work? And, and, and they had a lot of great questions. Well, why did God decide now to take Uncle Scott? And why does Scott... They had a lot of questions a lot of non-believers have, and, and it's encouraging that they're having it at the ages you know, five and nine years old where their eyes are opened up to it because it really then helped prepare for the next challenge that we faced. Um, so 46 days later, ultimately what claimed the life of my wife's uh, brother claimed the life of our pet dog, Midnight. Um, first, first daughter I had. Um, this one hit even closer to home because... You know, every day you open the door, there's the dog to greet you. There's the dog to check on you. There's the dog to, to protect the house. Um, this one was was harder, especially for the children, because you, you missed seeing that entity that brought so much joy and love every day. And so it was actually good that we had the conversation about Uncle Scott, because then it made the experience and the questions and the grief a little bit easier to understand, because then we had to go through the same thing again. Well, why did Midnight have to die? She's always been here as long as we've been alive. Why, you know, that's not fair. Why is she sick? Um, but again, it gives that great opportunity to understand how God works and how we can't question God. He's going to do things that we have no idea about. But in the long run, I think that we will be better for going through these experiences because we have an appreciation of how valuable life is, how you don't know when the next day you won't walk the earth or draw breath. So you have to make every single day count, whether you're a father, whether you're a spouse, whether you're an employer or an employee, whether you're a canine where your job is bring people enjoyment. We all have jobs and missions here on earth from God. And, and having see these lights go out give you that appreciation, even if you're six years old. I would agree. Let me ask this question, because this is something that as a business owner, most of the time we struggle with employees going through the same thing, because if we've got employees and we're paying them by the hour to do X job, and then all of a sudden there's a death in a family or a very sick relative, all of a sudden they're doing X minus something of a job. How did the death of your brother-in-law, the death of your family dog, which was like a, like you said, it was your first daughter. How did that impact your marriage? How were you able to work through that? Did that help? I mean, were you able to work through that together with your wife? That's a, that's a good question. I, I, honestly, it, it was very challenging. 
um, I'm the type of person that, that I will put my head down and do whatever I need to do to get done or through whatever you need to. Um, it, these scenarios force me, and, and having gone through other challenges as a business owner, I try to really adopt the treat people how you want to be treated mentality and um, try to be extra understanding. It wasn't my brother who passed away. It was my wife's brother. And, and she said, I have got to go out there and be with them. Now, that means to be part of the family and support her because I know her grief's going to be even different than the passing of her brother herself. Sure. Now, I'm going to do anything I can for her because in the same place, I would hope she'd do the same for me. So we got her on the plane and she was gone for three weeks. And, and so now not only did I have the business to run and customers to take care of and day to day, well, then, you know, mommy wasn't around at all for the, for the girls for several weeks at a time. And so I think that it, it helped me as an individual better appreciate what my spouse brings to the marriage. I think it gave me insight in how to be supportive, knowing that a lot of times the best way to be supportive is just listen and pray. There was nothing I was going to do that was going to fix the situation. I couldn't make it better, but I could allow her the time and the energy and the emotion to do what she needed to do to get through the difficult situation. And I think taking that same type of approach to business is what has helped me. I can't answer it for everybody, but when employees have a struggle in life, whether it's a death in the family or, or something catastrophic, you know, it's understanding, it's putting yourself in their shoes and, and how would you want to be treated in that standpoint? I think that's the, the Christ way of doing things. I think that by praying for and doing whatever we can, whether it's the shirt off your back or whether it's just easing their workload for a period of time while they're getting through it. Now, that doesn't mean hey, go ahead and take two months off and call me back when things are better. But that is, that is a constant communication, and I think that these challenges mm, give you an opportunity to improve your communication, to improve your relationship. I love the fact that you, that you talk about praying for your employees daily by name. That's what I spend my mornings on my morning prayer and walk is saying prayers for each of the people in the office. And so-and-so is having a challenge with, with, with a vehicle and a loan, and so-and-so is having some health issues, and so-and-so is having the issues here. I feel closer to the employees and more vested in their lives because I'm praying for them by name. If I'm just saying, I hope you're healthy, am I really, really invested in the individual? It forces me to want to know, how are you doing today, Susie? Tell me what's going on in your life so I can effectively pray for you. So I think these give those opportunities to really build better relationships and build that communication that's so vital. You mentioned the communication part, and I love that because that's really what we're looking for from our employees is we're looking. So if you're listening today and you don't have to be the manager, the supervisor, the owner, but you are an employee of the business and we're all employees of our businesses, but you know, whoever's in charge over you, or maybe you're at a spot where you don't have anybody you're in charge of, but communicate because our bosses don't know how we're feeling, what we're thinking. They don't. Not even our spouses know how we're oh. feeling or how we're thinking. I, I, that's a constant point to my wife. I said, after 20 plus years together, I should have proven to you by now, I cannot read your mind. If you are <laughs> unhappy or if you are happy or if you like something or dislike, pretend I have no ability to, of perception and just let me know. And <laughs> I love the way you say that because I've been married now almost 30 years and I remind Martha that all the time. 
I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. And you don't know what I'm thinking. So let me tell you what I'm thinking. Absolutely. And, and so we can eliminate some of that conflict. But Martha's developed this unique way of, she gives me faces, but they mean different things. And now it makes it even more complicated. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think she's more complicated now after 30 years than ever, but I, I love her more than ever. But it is, it, it's, it's awesome. And yes. So what we're saying to you employees that you're out there, listen, as an employee, if you've got something going on in your life, we understand it's going to impact you, but you got to let us know what's going on in your life. Otherwise, we just think you're a slacker. <laughs> and, and that's the worst thing you can do is just have a breakdown in communication because stuff happens. Life happens. Having to go through all of these different changes, all of a sudden that appointment or that lunch you had set up and scheduled to meet with somebody or that 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 you know policy you promised to an individual, you can't get it done. And when if someone actually knows... I'm sorry, I just found out my father passed away or some, you know, an example like that. Then most people are going to go, oh, well, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. You know, that's the kind of relationship you need to be able to have internally as an employee. Speak to your colleagues, speak to your employers. As an employer, you need to make sure to go out and ask because they're not going to automatically feel comfortable. We've had an open door policy in our agency since forever. I want to know what's going on with people, good and bad, so I can better work with the individuals. There are still so many people over the years that get the feedback of, well, I, I was intimidated. I just thought you said you have an open door. I said, no, the door is physically open. I, I want to know. If I don't know, I can't do anything about it, whether it's a customer issue, whether it's a relationship issue, whether it's a question on what I need to do next for work. I mean, any of those, you got to have that communication and not be afraid to have those communication, have those conversations. It doesn't have to be an adversarial. It's a it's a team. I had an individual came to me today and expressed some some thoughts and, and some ideas and some concerns and said, you know, ultimately this is my family. I have my family at home and then I have my work family and I am I am vested into my family. I don't want something to happen to my family that's gonna hurt my family members. And so I wanted to share these things and I said, thank you. Now let's talk about what we can do, or let's get some ideas, or don't have an answer immediately, but now I've got something to think about and come back to. So communication is absolutely key, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your family, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's you know anywhere at work. Well, and employees learn from their bosses, and, and so that what you say, you got an open door policy. People, and your door is open. I've been in your office, so I, I know your door is open. It is people need to know your heart's open too, and that's Absolutely. a communication thing. And people need to see that see that transparency, and and that's that comes over time. Obviously, if you get new employee, they're not going to know or trust you. But there's things we can do with our employees to build in that trust. Right. But the biggest key, if you are a supervisor or a manager, we're speaking to you now. If you got employees, you see the way they are every day. So you see their normal demeanor. When their normal demeanor is different, then you need to just say, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm fine. Really? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, or emotional? What do you mean? Well, you just said you're fine. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, or emotional? No, 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 I'm fine. Really? No, don't lie to me. Just tell me the truth. Absolutely. But but it's it's hard because people don't, you know, I suppose they've had employers in the past that have oh, taken that privilege and abused it. So back, let's go back to the dog just real quickly. So there are many people in my life, some very close to me, that, that have gone through the passing of a pet or a loved one. And, and the pain is so great that they will never, ever have another pet because they don't want to go through that pain again. So you may have had a bad colleague that treated you like dirt. 
But that doesn't mean all the other colleagues are going to treat you the same way. My, my five year, six year old and I just had a conversation last night. There's a kid at school who's bullying her. And she expressed what's going on and we just talked about it and how it can be handled and, and, and addressing those types of things because she felt comfortable talking about anything with dad. Should be the same at work. I'm not one of those people. I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to get another dog when the time is right when I can spend the time and the attention there because 12 years of love and enjoyment far outweigh a short period of pain. But you have two daughters now. You might get two dogs. Oh, no. That's what everybody does. They go for <laughs> one and they're like, how do we end up with two dogs? How do we end up with two dogs? All right, so we're going to talk about insurance for a little while. And here's here's why. Let's just talk about, there's a lot of, you know, Tampa Bay is full of small businesses. Absolutely. I mean, everywhere you go, there's small businesses. We're all over the place. What I'm amazed at constantly is, most people know that if they're in an office, they need a general liability policy, just in case a slip and fall policy. Somebody sure. slips, falls, they got a they got a liability policy. But most people don't recognize why they would need a professional liability policy. Right. right. And there is a big difference in the coverages that are that are there. So I want to speak to those small business owners or maybe people that work in a small business and you want to ask this question. Why do we need professional liability versus general liability? What's it for? And who typically needs it? And that's a loaded question. That's it a loaded question. Who really needs it? Because the answer to the who really needs it? Just about every person. That's the answer. That I know it's a trick question, but you you passed it well. In the past, most people thought, well, if I'm a CPA, I'm an insurance agent, maybe a financial planner, mortgage broker, I'm a real estate agent, I need professional liability coverage. Mm-hmm. But it really is the fact that if you're giving advice of any kind, maybe you're a counselor, Doctors have professional liability. Everybody knows that they call it malpractice insurance. But those those are the obvious ones. But it's there's a lot of categories out there where you need professional liability coverage because professional liability doesn't cover the slips and falls. Right. It covers the slips and falls of your tongue. If you make a promise for something and you just were incorrect. Correct. It doesn't cover intentional lying, however. Yeah, you can't go breaking the law and expect the insurance policy to jump up and down and, and say, oh, yeah, we got this. No, you're absolutely right. So you talk about the professional advice, uh, th- those that have designations, those that, that are thought of as a professional, th- those jump out. Um, but really, are you a service-providing individual or company? Because if you provide a service. So let's just talk, for example, uh, redid my house a number of years ago um, and did uh, cabinets, redid the whole, the whole house, tore down walls. What if my contractor said, yeah, we could take that wall out. It's not load-bearing. And take the wall down and find out it was load-bearing and my ceiling collapses down. Is that his general liability? Maybe, maybe not. But he went on the, he gave me the advice that I could remove that wall safely without causing other damage. Damage occurs. Is that his general liability? Probably not because it is the service. It's his expertise that he offered. That would fall under profession. I will tell you, contractors are almost the most guilty for not caring because you go and you say, well, this is, this is what's wrong with your, your canooter valve, and, and this is what we need to do to fix it. What if that's, valve? Do they make those right next to the widgets? They are. Uh, and it's actually the same more assembly of a, line. It, it is. And it's more of a military term because it's used in every military vehicle the U.S. Army has. A canooter. A canooter. Yes, absolutely. It's, How many years did you serve? Uh, plenty. Four, <laughs> four years active duty. <laughs> the canooter <laughs> valve. Sorry, I distracted you, but you said canooter valve. Well, I have no it's, idea what It's that what is. you send all the new lieutenants to go find is go go talk to the mechanics and get a canooter valve and, and they go do it. And then you have a chuckle and it's harmless fun. 
Um, so but, the general contractor, but the contract, or, or even the, you know the carpenter who's designing the plans that fit the cabinets into your house. What if they fall because they designed the plans incorrectly? What if it's that uh, the architect who designs the bridge that then fails? That's not their general liability. It's the professional liability. But yeah, it's the contractor. It's the guy who's going to get on your roof and do your roofing work for you. Um, a lot of contractors say, oh, that's my general liability, but it's not. Not if it's the advice that they're giving. Now, if the work they do is faulty, that's going to be more towards general liability. But if it's the advice or recommendations they're providing, that's where you get into professional liability. And really, the cost or the value of the professional liability policy is it's going to cover the cost of defending against a negligent suit. Even if the negligence suit turns, or even if the suit comes out to be, you know, not true, who's going to pay for those defense costs? Who's going to help go through that time and keep the business open defending this suit, whether it's true or frivolous, while you're continuing to do business? Well, but lawyers are cheap. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And what do they start at? 300 bucks an hour. 300, 500 bucks an hour. Now, you know, the, the policies are... There are a wide variety of cost, and there's a wide variety of coverage. Some include coverage for damages. Some some do not. Some include coverage for you know defense costs or some of the different. It's part of the limit, or some of it has a separate limit for it. So there's a lot of nuances to it. A lot of them are inexpensive for the types of trades that aren't heavily litigated. So if you are a lawyer, if you are in insurance, if you are in financial services. You see those lawsuits in the news all the time, malpractice. That insurance is very expensive because it's usually not a matter of if, it's a matter of when those types of professions get pulled into a, a negligence claim, whether it's frivolous or not. But it's those other types of businesses that you offer recommendation, you offer advice. What if you're a counselor? What if you give poor advice in a marriage counseling and after after years of going to you, they claim that the reason they got a divorce is because you, the counselor. It doesn't happen on everyday newspapers, which is in favor of the insurance cost because it's going to be smaller. But it's really something you have to look at. Why I brought this up and I wanted to talk about professional liability is, is it's near and dear to my heart. A good friend of mine also in this business just finished with a lawsuit that they were invited to play with. <laughs> that was nice how you said, invited to play with. Well, technically, the lawsuit was between insurance company and customer of insurance company. And, and there was a, an accident back five years ago. And over a period of time, claims were involved, and, and, and all the, the meat came out and all the stories. And, and, and this was very complicated. It was... It was issues with, with people who don't live in the house riding in someone else's vehicle, and it was not overly simplistic. But both parties, the company and the individual, let the agent know, hey, oh, by the way, if something were to happen and we lose in this lawsuit, we're coming after you with even more costs because you're going to have to pick up our, our expenses of legal for the first fight and then the second fight to come after you. So, yes, that my friend was invited politely to participate um, as a third party <laughs> from this standpoint. Five years of investigation, of depositions, of testimonies, of file uncovering, of digging through databases, of going through files. Meanwhile, they're still having to take care of all of their customers and do everything else they need to. 
met three times the three different parties to try to mediate before it went to court. First two times struck out. Third time at the final hour, a resolution was settled. The costs alone for, for three, four, five years of defense costs mm. would have cost my friend probably about fifty to sixty thousand dollars. That's just the litigation cost. That's, That's just, just the, the lawyer cost. Right. The amount that was actually settled was north of six was was in the six figure numbers. And so how many small businesses can afford to write a check, you know, for a couple hundred thousand dollars and still expect to be in business? Very, very few. So very, very few. So let's just step back for a minute because I don't want to go. I want to make sure people are absorbing this as they're driving in their cars and as they're thinking. The reason we're talking about this, listen, I work for him is all about recognizing your workplace is your mission field. But in that mission field, sometimes we need to just be paying attention and asking our bosses questions because sometimes the boss is detached from reality with regard to certain parts of the business. There's a lot of uh, business owners who are so busy working in the business, they never work on the business, and maybe nobody's ever asked them this question, do I need a professional liability policy? Do I need something to protect? You know, let, let's just say the guy's a, a business owner's name is Dan, and he's got Betty, Sue, Jane, and John that work for him, and Betty, Sue, Jane, and John all give advice to clients. And Betty, Sue, Jane, and John, they all do a very, very good job. But one day, John gives some wrong advice to a client. For whatever it may be. Just not intentionally. John just made a mistake. And the client made a decision based on that mistake. And all of a sudden, the client has injury of some sort. Correct. Well, now, Dan, the business owner, someday is going to get sued because of that. And that's what prof- and general liability will not protect that. Correct. And we are all in the profession of giving advice often during the day. So just step back and say, hey, boss, have you ever bought a professional liability policy? No, I don't need one of those. Have you ever asked your insurance agent whether you needed a professional liability policy? No, I never have. And we're trying to protect. All of us out here just love the fact that we have jobs. Absolutely. And what you're saying is if the typical small business had had a $200,000 lawsuit loss, most small businesses would be done. Within six months, will close their doors and cease to exist. Because it takes all the cash. How can you... If there even was that kind of cash. How can you be missional and use your workplace to reach out to whether you're a business owner employing people and reaching people or or whether you're an employee at the company, that's a platform to, to educate or be involved in people's lives and make a difference. How can you do that if the business is closing its doors? Well, and you also talk go, goes to the stewardship concept. Absolutely. We're being given stewards. Some of us as business owners, you and I, We've been given the stewardship of a business, and it includes the stewardship of employees who are we're paying them who then they take care of their families and so on. And they take care of the grocer that they buy groceries at and the car. I mean, all of those things, we impact dozens and hundreds of people based on the employees that we have. If we're not protecting our liability, we're not being good stewards of what God has given us because we could lose it all. And every one of those families and every one of their vendors are all impacted. And then all the customers that those families and vendors touch. I mean, it is a huge trickle-down issue. It's it's scary how few people actually carry this insurance. But much like life insurance, it could be one of the most important insurance types of policies that you could ever have. Ultimately, my friend had paid out his premiums, which were not inexpensive. He's an in insurance. They get sued. Um, it was not inexpensive each year. 
That said, when this happened, he paid his $10,000 deductible, which is a lot of money. He chose to have that limit. There are much lower deductible options, but but in, in his industry, with everything set up with his coverage, worked best for him. He paid $10,000 plus his annual premium, sure a lot cheaper than $200,000. All right, so talking about professional liability, so we're, we're talking about things that have to do with us giving advice and then causing a lawsuit resulting in that. How do we avoid these types of claims? It's pretty simple, isn't it? Avoiding the claim? Well, it's never, nothing's ever simple, but the best things you can do after securing yourself insurance coverage to help you with the risk is having published procedures and workflows and documentation. You got to document conversations. You got to document when you promise something to someone, you got to document what their response was. And if you have detailed notes, and if you have and you follow the same practice of doing things all of the time, it cuts down on the opportunity to have these type of errors. And having, you know, being really active in your employees' lives and knowing the advice that they're giving, having your, an open door so you can hear the conversations they're having with people, that also can be really helpful. One other really good point, which we can't deal with today, but just to make sure people know, when you buy professional liability, you don't just buy it for this year. You buy it to have it as long as you're a business. There's a real importance, which we can't deal with today, on why you keep that policy in force year after year after year. If you don't know why, you need to call Craig Most. Look him up online at mostins.com or call him at 813-347-5555. 813-347-5555. Craig, great conversation. Appreciate Thank you, Jim. Hey, if you want to find out more about our show sponsors, just go out to iWorkForHim.com. On our website, you'll find all the information and the links about who is sponsoring our show, and you can get directly contacted to them. Hey, when you get home tonight, would you consider making a commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day? That means joining the iWorkForHim Nation. Just click on the iWorkForHim Nation tab and join tonight. Hey, what did you learn today that's going to help us take the city for Christ? You know, we learned today that our faith can be stretched through tough incidents that is going on in our lives. When we look at the death of a family member, the death of, you know, a, a family pet that had been part of our family right from the beginning, these things stretch us, challenge us, and we do have two choices on how we're going to respond to those. We can respond with anger and just yelling at God and going, you're not fair, or we can respond and go, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? And to recognize God's hand and how it shapes our hearts towards becoming more like Him. We've got a couple of choices on how we respond, but one of the other parts of the conversation today was our faith can impact our workplace by how we treat others who are going through those events. How are you ministering to them? What are you doing as a supervisor or employee to be in touch with your employees? What are you doing as a coworker to be supportive of those people around you who are suffering? That's the mission of I Work For Him. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a business owner and I'm a Christ follower, but ultimately, you know what? I work for him.